Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is Brandon. And in this episode, we are going to tackle a very difficult conversation uh, in what does it mean to be an artist? Not difficult in the sense of it's like this really, uh, I don't know, deeply personal thing, but because it's kind of an ambiguous topic. But uh, Brandon, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear this topic today? Yeah, I mean, ambiguous is definitely the thing. Just like, I guess, art in itself, what we find as art is subjective. I think what makes an artist can be very subjective. So it's going to be nice to... uh, We we talked about this right before we started recording about every once in a while we have these episodes where we don't exactly know what's going to come out (laughs) when we start talking about stuff. So (laughs) we're very much on... uh, (laughs) Exactly. Uh, on the fence about, not on the fence, but on the tip of our toes, trying to find out what what we're going to say here. But I, I am excited. We're we're going to start the episode uh, really addressing a lot of you guys sent in comments and thoughts on what an artist was to you or what it means to be an artist. So we're going to start there, and hopefully that'll help us kind of dive into our own thoughts as we start to dissect all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't even really know my... I mean, I have a basic idea of my opinions on this one, but I really don't know what I'm going to say over the course of the episode, which sometimes frightens me, because I'm just like, oh, okay, I didn't know that I was going to say that. Uh, but that's also part of the fun of doing topics like this, and um, I'm ready to hear what you all have to say about it. Sweet, let's do it. The first comment, um, based around what does being an artist mean to you, the first comment is letting people know my heart through music. Brandon, it's got to be a relatable one to you. What do you think? Definitely. I think this is one of those mediums that you can definitely consider art. And I think this touches on a, a key factor. Well, at least to me and my my idea of what art is, is uh, pulling something, um, I guess, uh, deep within yourself out and expressing it through whatever that medium is. And... This is definitely something that I've utilized as my art is music. And um, yeah, I, I guess that's really all I have to say about that. I, I definitely relate to this idea. And I I know that you love music as well. So I'm sure that there's some part of you that resonates with this. Yep. Favorite art form, as I've said in a bunch of uh, prior episodes. And since we'll get to this more, but I think that being an artist is heavily heavily like the most important part is just expression to me and um letting people know that your heart through music to me is a huge sign of pretty much channeling that feeling that you have those feelings that you have in your heart into an art so yeah this is a good opener absolutely i know the next one on here is freedom now what do you think about this because i know i have my thoughts on it this is uh an interesting thing because this in itself can be kind of ambiguous as well. What does it mean to be free? And I think I think this does speak to a level of expression. It's it's the freedom to to express oneself uh completely um unconstrained and and really let your authentic self be expressed and I think uh I I guess just to one of the beautiful things to me about art is I think it's you know, whatever kind of medium you're using, you're allowed. I, I think there's a certain understanding of being, a, it's almost like within art, you can be more of yourself than you can in the real world. Cause there are so many societal standards a lot of times that it's 
like even going to work, like I can't just go to work and start dropping F-bombs when I'm talking to clients on the phone. Um, And, you know, that might be for me, that might be an authentic part of my vernacular. So there are all these little things that even if you don't see yourself as a conformist or or somebody that does uh, get constrained by uh, the quote unquote shackles of society, art is one thing that if you do create uh, authentically and individually, you can be completely free from that stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I think that with art, you have the ability to do things that don't have to. There's no requirement in art. I, I know there is the potential monetary argument, but if you just look at art strictly by itself, what separates it from other things that you do is that there's no right or wrong with art. You could just do anything. It's super subjective. And it, that in itself allows freedom because as Brandon said, like you can't just not go to your job. Like Sure, you can, but there's consequences if you decide to not go to your job. And I feel like similarly um, with art, you or I guess the opposite with art, you could pretty much just do whatever you want, and that's a very freeing. Um, it's just a very freeing thing. So yeah, I I I do think that freedom is a good way to describe it. Now I, I really want one of these on here to be something that I'm going to disagree with. Well, because <laughs> I, I feel like you guys are hitting the nail on the head with the first couple here. Really quick, I to to bring back up your the idea of adding the monetary aspect. Of art. I mean, that was something that I struggled with when I was pursuing music is going to these songwriter meetings and talking with, uh, you know, the corporate side of the music world. A lot of me felt that there was an impurity to it. There was something that was like, I need to build a certain formula and that formula is going to sell records or going to sell concert tickets. You know, you're going to pack artists get packaged and then shipped off in a certain package that's going to sell. Um, but I think, I, I think one thing though that I guess wouldn't be entirely freedom is uh, within art is I think that there can be a a um, a place that you meet in the middle where, like like Ed Sheeran for instance, I think that Ed Sheeran, I think of him as an artist, but I'm guessing he has to constantly pop out music. He's he's on a machine by being part of a record label and being a songwriter and all this stuff. So there might not always be the super uh, purest uh, place that he's coming from with his music. Sometimes it's probably like, okay, with this formula, in order to write a good pop song, this is what I have to do. But I I guess I'm curious, your perspective, do you think that that also in itself is kind of an art form to, to go through a formula and still create something beautiful within that? It's still considered art i guess artistic freedom is sort of like you hear people say they're not giving me the artistic freedom that i want on this i think that there's varying degrees of the freedom within art i think art in itself is um has a very freeing quality to it but the reason why i kind of separated the monetary aspect of it is because when there are constraints put on it it's hard to say that it's like it's less artistic because i don't really think that you could say that this is more or less artistic than anything else unless you gave a criteria like, I don't know, the amount of hours it took to do something versus something else. But, I mean, you could even say that there's there's an art quality to just perfecting the, um, like, a formula of writing the song. Like, that in itself, like, fine-tuning it. Look at a, a band like Nickelback has pretty much perfected 
this very cookie cutter rock song that would just always hit the top 40. And even that in itself, there's some sort of artistic quality that allowed them to be able to do that. Now, it's easy to rip on because you can say that, wow, it's, there's nothing artistic about that. It's just doing the same thing over and over again. But that's why that this whole concept of being artistic is such a gray area. Is this something that you yourself are ever afraid of? Anything like coming on, you know, getting in between your artistic freedom and your chance to to sustain maybe a life with your creative endeavors? Yeah, I'm always thinking ahead on this one because when I first started my YouTube channel, I, the goal was to get it monetized at some point. So in my head, I was thinking there's going to come a day where when I release a video, I'm going to have the monetary aspect somewhere in my mind and I'm going to know, wow, this idea here is probably more likely to bring in viewers and, and more likely to make me money. Should I do that or should I make this video, which is maybe more in my uh, of something I'm really more passionate about and then having to draw that line in... I first, the reason why I even thought this way was because I would listen to a lot of interviews of bands I would listen to, and they would talk about it, because a lot of the music I listen to um, isn't very mainstream. Uh, in in uh, high school, I listened to a lot of bands that had, like, screaming in their music, and obviously that wasn't going to be very mainstream. So when you hear a band, like, cut out the screaming on the album, you'd be like, oh, man, this band is a sellout. So I've definitely thought about this for my videos, because I... I want it to actually be what I want to do, and I don't want to have to think about the money aspect. So, I mean, if, to just simply answer your question, I think about it. Does it play a role? As of right now, I've been pretty good about just making videos that I want to make, but I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, I don't want to just become a Chicago tourism or a Chicago travel YouTube channel because I feel like that's incredibly limiting my artistic aspects, and I think I can push myself far beyond that. Um, so yeah, that's, it is something I think about. Not, not to keep us on this topic too long, but I, I'm curious, do you lose respect, you know, when you talk about those bands or whatever that you feel, you know, when people do argue, oh, they're sellouts cause they took out the screamo. So do you yourself feel like you lose respect for those artists ever? Uh, sometimes it, it really depends because there are times where I feel like maybe a band is going in a creative direction where I feel like it makes sense as a progression, but there are also times um, where I'm like, uh, I, you know, I don't like that. Um, an example, I'll give you a very specific example of something. So Under Oath was one of my favorite bands, um, like in early college. And they gave a story about how they had a song that the radio stations really wanted to take out. There was a little bit of screaming in it. And Under Oath refused to take it out like and do a radio edit of the song. And I used to think that that was really cool. I'm like, yeah, look, they don't need the radio. They're just keeping the artistic integrity of this song. And part of me is just like, I don't know. I don't know that that's actually that cool. Um, but there was something to be said about when one of your favorite bands does something that seems very genuine to who they are and it's not about the money, it kind of feels cool. Well, it, <laughs> I just have so many questions with this stuff, so I'm just keeping going. <laughs> I mean, feel free to ask them all day because I got questions too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious, though, because especially when it comes to music and when we talk about uh, – the involvement of money and, and then being able to, well, any artist really being able to sustain yourself. Sometimes you have to make those decisions 
to just you know just like you talked about you know you might have to do a chicago youtube video because that's what gets you views that's what helps you sustain yourself artistically so so do you feel like there's there is a certain line that needs to be balanced or do you think that you would rather have a band be so strong on their absolute authentic uh creativity that they they risk even not being able to do music anymore because they can't financially sustain themselves well it depends on what the goal is of the of the art that's being created if you want it to ultimately be your job i've never had as big of an issue with people selling out as a lot of other people do because my thought is through selling out um or selling out i put it in quotes because it's like what does it really mean to sell out because it could just be progression I think I would rather have the artist try some different things um, because, I mean, I, I get it. If you want it to be a business, you're going to have to try to find a way to make money with it. So I'm all for it if uh, an artist wants to try. Um, but at the same time, when it's a bad attempt, I will be like, wow, this is just an obvious, like, like the quality has obviously suffered. I think it's the people who can find the best way to blend the two of them that are the most successful. So I don't know. It's a really tough call because you want people to keep their artistic integrity, but you also want them to actually be able to continue onward at what they're doing. Okay. What about you though? Like in, in that exact question, I'm curious your answer as someone who is, um, been a part of the music industry who has been a part of, uh, like creating an album, do any of these things or did any of these things ever cross your mind when you were putting together your first album? Yeah, well, uh, when I was putting together my first album, I think when I when I finally started to formulate my album, I, I was kind of past the point of trying to be so calculated with, you know, is are people going to like this or whatever? Because I, I, I think I finally got, I, I broke past, because uh, that's what I was struggling with, honestly. I was struggling with, do I want to be part of, because my music is is poppy enough to where it even if i'm not trying to be formulaic like that's the mu- music i grew up on so a lot of times my the way that i write my melodies can be poppy uh the the way i even structure my songs can be poppy and i do try to push myself outside of that at times um but i also have songs that are like that so it's just kind of that is actually natural to me as a songwriter um but I, I was struggling with the idea of even going to places and them saying, like, I, I might have talked about this one time. I went to a place and they said that my lyrics were too intellectual for a mainstream audience. And that to me was just like, uh, that I, I couldn't deal with that. I mean, I'm all for constructive criticism and stuff, but when it comes to that point where it's like, I guess the thing that I cared about most was what I was saying with the music because that's how I started writing music was I would just write melodies and lyrics. So for me, that was kind of a, I mean, the whole reason why I didn't do the the record deal with the Rebecca Black thing was because they weren't going to let me write my own songs. Um, so that was the, 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 the big thing for me. Um, but I understand that like, I, I guess I have a perspective of not losing... Because you look at... 
you just can't win as an artist a lot of times. Like you look at Mumford and Sons, for instance, you know, they came out with this album called Sigh No More, which was like this folk rock. They kind of established a new genre. And then you had a bunch of copycat bands that came out after them. And then their next album, Babel, uh, was kind of more of the same. And everyone's just like, oh, they're just pandering their audience. They're just doing the same thing over and over again. And then the next album, they kind of, they didn't entirely get away from it, but they started experimenting with more electronic sounds and just expanding that. And everyone's like, I don't like the direction they're going in. It's just like, <laughs> no, you can't win. You can't fucking win. So I guess to me, I, I, I really respect artists like Christopher Nolan, who's able to take very intellectual ideas or, and very creative thoughts and, and, and quote unquote package it into something that, a mainstream audience can get behind. Um, but overall, I think, so I guess, I guess maybe there is a certain line or a balance where you're able to do that. Like if you can mold those things to be, uh, I, I, I would appreciate, I, I appreciate that because I understand if I want you to cre- keep creating art, you need to be able to support yourself. And if you're making stuff that is so abstract that it has a very niche audience, that's great. I'm so glad that you made something authentic, but it's like you're going to run out of money to, to keep creating yeah. art, which stinks. Um, so I guess to me, the big thing is uh, maybe finding – you said you know it's really important what the, what the artist – what their goal is with it. So if, if an artist's goal isn't to, to be, uh, you know, this, you know, financially supported by this stuff, then I would hate to see an artist compromise that because all of a sudden now they are going to get money out of it. Um, but if an artist does want to do this as a career, I would say you want to push yourself as an artist to find a way to create art within something that's also going to help you support yourself. Uh, I know that's probably still a very wishy-washy answer, but it's it's tough. I feel like this this topic is wishy-washy, though. It's really difficult. I mean, it, clearly, there's not a, a right answer to this because if there was, then everyone would just try to do that. If they could just easily find this magical blend that they're both successful and doing exactly what they want, then they would. Yeah, absolutely. Um. What about this next comment? Expressing yourself as you are and not what you are told to be. Do you think that that rings true here? I would say maybe in the in your intention, if, if you're creating art with that intention, but I think a lot of times who we think we are is who we're told to be. I think sometimes it can be a difficult area to find that that separation and once you do i think you can unlock something incredible but i think a lot i think i was a part of this where i a lot of my life i think i was trying to be something that i thought i should be not that anyone was explicitly telling me i should be this but maybe just that was the way i was feeling i was supposed to be and so when i would express myself it was it was layered within that, but I don't think my intention was ever to do, to be like, when I write a song, I need to write it the way that it should be. It was just maybe the pieces of myself were locked into that thing. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say or not. Yeah. I think, I honestly think that the first thing that you said there is like, maybe uh, what you are told to be is actually sort of in a way what you are becoming. Right. And, I, I think that that makes this a difficult 
to say that just because you are expressing who you are, that that just inherently makes it um, artistic. Because I, I guess, to me, expressing anything is artistic, whether it's how you see things, how other people see things. Like, sure. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess I look at it as a little bit more open than just expressing yourself as what you are or who you are. Um, because I think it, it just goes far beyond that. Um, what about um, an artist is Wait, one who creates... On. Before you yeah. go on to this next one, um, sure. expressing yourself as you are and not what you are told to be. And keep in mind, too, for our audience, that you know the the people that are writing this in, they aren't only writing in kind of one one thought. So they might think there's more to being an artist, but this is just kind of... These are single thoughts or, or phrases or whatever that they, they wrote in. But I think um, um, within this, expressing yourself as you are and not what you are told to be. I think there's also, like for instance, if I write a song for somebody else, I'm I'm taking a perspective outside of myself. And I I mean, what do, what do actors do? You know, actors become different people. And maybe they pull from stuff that's within themselves, but maybe they're they're really good at empathizing with somebody else. And I think that in that is is a is a beautiful interpretation of of art as well. So I just wanted to throw that in there really quick. Sure. Um, an artist is one who creates something either they think is beautiful or with a motive of sharing a message or something they want to get across, using artwork poetry, music, film, etc. to do so. Hmm. Well, let me hear your thought on this one first. Um I I mean, I don't think that you, it's something they have to think is beautiful. So I think that that part I would say uh I I I think the idea here of someone seeing something or feeling something and then sharing that message using artwork, poetry, music, film is kind of how I would maybe rework this a little bit because I think essentially the artwork is the message of the expression in which you feel. So I guess that would be my spin on the wording of this because I don't think it necessarily has to be beautiful, but I think the idea of like relaying a message is sort of what art does. Do you think the person has to have an intent to relay a message? For it to be artistic. That's, that's the complicated part here because I always feel like it's impossible to not have some sort of intent. Whether, like, even if you, the most basic example, draw a squiggly line with a pencil, there is sort of an intent behind even just doing that. It's like, yeah, your intent was to not take your time and to just prove a point of some kind that anything could be art. <laughs> like, there's always. Because for me, I've always been the person who I, I, people will say I overthink because when I see something, I am kind of that, um, the person who's like, wow, it's almost like symbolic of this thing that happened in my life or it's symbolic of this leaf is symbolic of the, the love that was lost. And like, I don't know, I, I, sometimes I listen to myself talk and I almost, I'm like, wow, am I really this artsy, like getting so deep into this? So, well, and, and, and to, go off of that there I, I think you know th- that might even be more explicit than people think but I think I might tend to agree that I, I because of 
human consciousness, 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 geez, I can't even fucking talk, <laughs> human consciousness yeah. and the way that uh, our minds are built with these bias and schemas, I, I do think that your creation comes out of that in some way, shape, or form. So even if you might not technically consciously say i have an intent to have a message here that's symbolic of this i think that creation is coming out of somewhere and that creation is coming from something that you consumed in some way shape or form and is being regurgitated into something that 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 was something before it and now it's either a reinterpretation or there there might be a subtle meaning um because i i guess the thing with this is like i've had i've had music where i've when i've written a song i felt like it wrote itself i don't know if you've ever had that with anything that you've done but where it's like i i sit down at the piano i start writing the lyrics and then all of a sudden i get done with it and i'm like wait a second i did not try to everything just fits the way that i really appreciate now that i'm completed with that piece but i feel like those things just came out of nowhere and even if there wasn't i didn't come down with a a conscious effort to like i want to say this specific thing that 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 creativity is coming from somewhere and that somewhere is being mold is being manipulated or or manifested into some sort of message i would i would argue so there you always argue i'm such a freaking dude i should be a lawyer <laughs> Dude, no, don't even. <laughs> How many times growing up, whenever anyone argues, like, you know what, maybe you should be a lawyer. Yeah, freaking. Just because you argue about something. It's like, no, I actually just can see another perspective on this that differs from yours. Doesn't mean I should be a lawyer. I actually did love my law class, though, because we would do these mock trials. And I was always really, because I'm, I'm really technical a lot of times. So oh, anytime yes. somebody would just technically screw up, I'm like, wait, so you're saying this. But this actually, and they're like, oh, oh that, it's the best. You know what happened in my one law class that I took in college? What? <laughs> do you know this? Do you know about this? I probably It's not that big of a deal. I, uh, so I didn't read the book. It was like a thousand pages, no pictures. I was pissed. I was like, this is a lot of words, no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the professor was the one who wrote the book. And uh, before the final... I went up to him and I was like, uh, so if I was, you know, to not read the whole book, but like just kind of read some parts or skim, like, what do you think would be the most important parts to study for the exam? Oh, no. <laughs> and he wrote me this like really pissed off email about like quit trying to like bypass the uh, the text, basically call me lazy essentially. Which you were. And that's why I gave up becoming a lawyer. <laughs> that, oh, that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, I, feel like I give such bad stories about, like, my... I feel like I, I seem like I was, like, the, the biggest, like... I don't even know. I mean, it's well documented like that, so dumb in school. That, that school was not for you. So <laughs> no. I don't think that it's, it's really But I got a college surprise. degree. You I, did? I, ladies and gentlemen, I got a college degree regardless. Look, I'm doing... I got a podcast for... For God's sakes. <laughs> well, I just think it's funny that he, like, uh, took it under his or, – or, or thought it was his responsibility to, like, 
be the hero and tell you that you need to stop using the system. It's like this whole fucking thing is a system. What are you talking about? Everyone's just trying to get that piece of paper at the end. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, don't you get it here? All right. And you know what? I managed to get like B's on all those tests. I think I ended up with like a B in that class. I didn't do great, but I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even need to read that book and I got a B. So I actually, it goes to show you my, uh, my freshman year of high school, I took a class where we were supposed to read, um, we were supposed to read a book, the fuck, what was it called? I can't remember what it was called, but John Travolta played the the character in the movie. We ended up watching it afterwards. We were supposed to read this book. I did not read it, and I somehow got a B on the test, and it was an essay test. I don't know how. Dude, that's story of my entire life. <laughs> how is that even Literally possible? story of my life. Oh, man. American lit. I literally didn't read the entire semester. And I got an 84% on the final. And it was an entire <laughs> class based on reading. reading. And I was so out of it that I don't actually 100% know that it was American lit that I took. I think it was American. <laughs> but it might have been British. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I don't actually know which one it was. So anything can, anything can be possible if you follow your dreams. Absolutely. That's the takeaway. That's there. the takeaway. Follow your dreams, folks. <laughs> Okay, okay. What has been your favorite part of being an artist? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Assumptions here, if I've ever heard them. Brandon, you go first. So so I guess, because we will talk later about if we consider ourselves artists, but uh, f- from this question, I guess this is someone else interpreting that we are artists. So I will, I will answer it from that perspective. Uh, my favorite part of being, um, I would say, uh, of what... I guess my public artistry has been is um, when I've used art as my therapy, essentially, where I I think a lot of times because I'm an overthinker or um, I get really locked up in certain thoughts or experiences or, you know, whatever the case, I have a hard time letting go of things, whatever it is. Music has been this one medium where when I am able to express through it by creating a song uh, or writing lyrics or whatever, uh, because mu- because writing a song, you are um, you have to find very specific phrasing, and I also like the idea of saying something without entirely just saying that exact thing, like finding a beautiful way, a, a poetic way of saying something. That stuff, I think, is very powerful, has been very powerful to me. And uh, regardless of any external validation within that, I I know that a lot of uh, overcoming of adversity that I've had to do has come from that expression. And and so that's definitely been a a favorite part of mine. What about you? Uh, Just having an outlet to... I feel like one of the best things about doing anything artistic is having an outlet to channel negative emotions because, as I've said, I think everyone has... I mean, everyone has negative emotions, and why not channel them into something that can be positive versus doing something destructive? So I honestly think that that part, being able to leave something productive behind and not doing something destructive is probably overall my favorite part. Yeah, absolutely. What about uh, being an artist is like being a gift giver. An artist will immerse you into their world. 
So I've talked about this before as well. I think that there is a... Um, I look at artistry as, and this is kind of cheesy, but as a sort of superpower in the sense that, uh, you know, that that Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. I think if you have a capacity for artistry, I think that you have a responsibility to create. I And I, I know that this is a personal thing, but I, I've kind of adopted this because I think that you now have this gift. It's not, not even necessarily... Uh, a gift that you just were born with. Maybe you really worked hard to develop this, but now you can share it. And because art is so transformative and so can be so expressive, there are a lot of people out there who maybe feel like they can express themselves in certain mediums. Like for instance, you love music, but you're not a musician. So think if all these artists decided not to make music and they held their music within you wouldn't have that medium to really connect to and resonate with um, but because these artists do give that gift uh, you're able to find something within the this this uh, form this format and uh, really connect to and maybe it shows you some truths about your life that you are having a hard time figuring out on your own so that that's my perspective how about you um, I think that, I don't, I don't know, it is, like, this to me is seems more black and white, that it, by giving your art out there, you've essentially given someone else a way to feel less alone. You've given them uh, an opportunity where you've, like, for example, if I hear a lyric to a song, and I feel like that has happened to me, then all of a sudden that moment no longer feels as devastating to me because I don't feel like I'm as alone in the moment. I'm like, okay, this person's felt it. I felt it. That's just a part of being human. So I look at it more, I guess, from that perspective. Okay. Cool. Which is probably the best perspective, honestly. Uh, you know what? As we've been talking through this stuff, <laughs> I feel like you have just these incredible... That is your art, I'd say, is just your incredible perspectives. Yeah, that's that's why everyone listens to this podcast. It's, that's why it's the number one podcast on this side of the Mississippi. You're the host. I'm the host. Speaking of being the host, let, that, actually not really, but so what is an artist to you? Well, I, w- I want you Brandon. to start with just because we've we've gone through all these these audience comments and and we've had these different thoughts from different people. Um, I don't know if you want to take some of what we've talked about already, or if you just have a uh, specific thing to, to draw on, but what what is an artist to you? So I think everyone is an artist. I just think that there are varying degrees of how interesting art is and how interesting artists are, and that there may not be a specific art form that appeals to you, but it's similar to how we all have learning different learning styles. We all have different careers. We all have different passions. I think that the only separation between us, us as artists is we all are more interested in like certain types of things. And though at times we're like this, this song is admittedly like a very impressive song. There are, there are moments where we can collectively, a lot of us will agree that something is of high artistic value. I think the big point in this is we're all artists. And I don't think that um, people don't, 
I don't think that some people get the same credit, but I think that's more uh, of an interest thing because some art is less interesting to more of the masses. Some people put their art out there more often. Um, I just think that there's uh, I, I really think that that's the only separation here. So uh, I don't know if you saw I, I deleted one of the po- <laughs> the points on the on the Whoa. script. Be- well, because the question I had later on, and I figured just take it off the script and we can talk about it now. The question that I had was, do you think everyone is an artist? It sounds like you do. And then the follow-up was, do you think everyone is capable of being an artist? I guess I'll rephrase that based on what you're saying. Do you think that everyone is capable of bringing their art to a higher, I guess, level of interesting? Yeah, I think... Everyone has the ability to express themselves in one way or another. But you can even see culturally, people don't express or didn't express themselves in the same way that they do now. Um, if you just look back in time, like a hundred years ago, it was if you talking about mental health wasn't really a thing. Like it was just you don't talk about your emotions. Like you just didn't talk about it the same way. And nowadays we talk about it more. We express ourselves more. Um, I think that's just to show you that a lot of times it's just the people around you, it's the, the construct of which you're living, that these are the factors that play into how people express their art. Um, for You can even look at me. I think I'm a, a relatively good example of this because I didn't come from a family that we did a lot of artistic expression. I was never pushed in a, in a direction to do the typical art forms that someone would think of. I played more sports or kind of just like hung out with my friends. Um, whereas had I come from a family that was in the film industry or in the music industry, maybe I would have already gone down a path where I would have become like a musician or maybe I would have become um, like an actor or something. So I think a lot of times it's just those type of factors that play into it. Gotcha. So you... um, Hold on, let me just track this thought down because I'm I'm losing it, but... Uh, it's a tough topic, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So do you... Oh, I got to know. Do you feel like you as an artist or your your form of art or whatever, since you didn't grow up with maybe a what a uh, traditional artistic family, do you think that that hurts your ability to express yourself through art? Do you think it helps you? Do you think you would have been better if you grew up in that environment? What are your thoughts on that? I think it, it just changes things because I think as much as it does, it did inhibit me um, to having a late start on a lot of it. I also think that because I grew up learning different things that were um, – I, I just think that everyone's experiences will translate differently. And I think that the experiences that I had growing up and then getting into the stuff later on made me have an appreciation for people who have always been into this. And it also made me appreciate, like, oh, I, I, this is so important to me. Like, I missed it during my childhood because I think that some of my insecurities and some of my issues are maybe because my bigger strengths are more in an artistic direction than maybe some of the other things I did growing up. And I don't look negatively on what my upbringing was or any of that stuff, but I, I do think that it just changes things. I don't know that it necessarily makes me better or worse. It just made it made it quite a bit different and made me think about it differently. Yeah. Just interesting to think about because from a developmental perspective, you know, you're if if you're not nurtured in a certain way, 
people could argue that you're not developing that the, that skill set or that ability to access those parts. I mean, there there are people that talk about uh, you know when you're becoming a musician to to develop musical intelligence, you should get your just like uh, having a kid exposed to different languages early on, it's easier for them to to absorb those different languages. I think you can have the same um, argument for uh, like musicianship, like get them uh, relatively early on into uh, learning how to play instruments and whatnot because uh, they're going to develop a uh, musical intelligence that maybe it doesn't come as smoothly. Not that you can't develop it, but maybe it's harder to develop it if you start later on. But, but, so, that's made me think of one thing. Like, for example, in my life, it's possible that part of my competitiveness and hard work ethic came because I was put, I, I spent more time in things I was less successful at, and that could have given me um, a feeling of, like, I need to work really hard to get to where I need to go. And had I maybe been been spending time in things I was I would have already been pretty good at, maybe I would have never had that edge to me that would have pushed me that like I have so much push now in my creative endeavors because I feel like one I'm behind, which means I always feel like I've got that like that uh, extra incentive and then the fact that I know what it's like to not be very good at something gives me the perspective of even if I think I'm working hard now, if I if I want to be like really great at something, it's gonna take another step and I can remember you know, what some of my failures were like playing sports growing up. Well, and you can, to go back to that point earlier about the expressing yourself as you are and not what you are told to be, you could probably make an argument from the perspective that you're you're uh, describing that part of your artistic um, ability comes from the tension of who you were trying to be versus who you actually were. So that that expression came from a place of that tension and not necessarily just the pure place of authenticity, but a place of what am I allowed to do? Or, you know, what am I supposed to be doing versus what am I, what do I love to do? What, where do I feel at home? And that, that can come, I guess that can create some, some, because that's that's a form of adversity, and I think a lot of times art can come from those places of adversity and tension. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I'll answer this one too, just really quick, because uh, I I think that uh, so an artist to me would be someone who I think that you do have to create something. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go with a black and white answer on that sense. I think that you do have to try to create something. And I, I think the word create can be kind of vague. Like I think that uh, a person who's really good with numbers, their ability to engineer things, like they, they can be uh, artists of that that medium or whatever it is. Um, it's not necessarily they're making something brand new, but um, it, it's still the ability to to take something and make something out of it. Um, and I would also say, um, I'll just stick to that. I, I won't. I, I'll just stick with that. It's 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 the ability to create something in different mediums. I'll go with a very simple. Um, definition well that'll kind of take us over to the next topic here 
Do you consider yourself an artist? If yes, why? If no, why not? I would say yes. Um, I would consider myself an artist because I, like with my simple definition, I create things out of whatever place they come from. Um, and I would say that maybe I I more literally identify as an artist because I tip, I have a purpose. I feel like I have a purpose to create things. Uh, you know, if we go to the perspective of, uh, you know, Steven's talking about how everyone can be an artist or if you just create things without a, a technical purpose to be artistic or you know, creative or whatever, um, I, I would identify more as a person who has intent behind the things that I make and I want to create something with a certain sense of responsibility to create something. Uh, so that's how I, I would identify. How, how about you? I consider myself to be uh, an artist by my definition. And uh, the, the main reason would be I, I, I've always felt like of artistic mind. Like I think just the way that I see the world is more from an artist's perspective than I guess whatever the other perspective would be. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There's a lot of other perspectives, but I've always considered myself more in that because I'm a very expressive person. The way that I, um, I mean, my, my entire childhood, by normal definitions, you could see where the artist side of me was. I've always loved drawing. Like, that's something I rarely talk about because I'm pretty bad at it. It's not something I'm very good at by the traditional, um, like, sense of being a good drawer. But ever since I was a kid, I was always, like, drawing pictures of my own little worlds uh, I made up uh, board games where I would draw all the characters. I would write stories about the characters. Um, I have like over 300 designs of characters that I made during my childhood in a deck of like note cards at home. Um, and I made up a whole game and a whole universe that supported it just because I liked stuff like that. So to me, all of that stuff shows an expression of things that I felt growing up or things that, I don't know, made... Um, made some sort of an impact on me and I feel like it's just hard to say it maybe it's not it's not artistic in the sense of like people didn't know about it it's like if someone writes a song but no one hears it did they actually write a song I I, I feel like it's a similar a similar aspect but if it does art have to get into someone else's hands I don't know and nowadays it's no doubt I could consider myself an artist because there are things that I do artistically that do end up in other people's hands, whether it's like poetry I've written for um, ex-girlfriends or it's, um, or actually I shared some poems with Brandon. So Brandon's actually read some of them before um, or just videos that I make on the internet. I think uh, there's some level of uh, expression and art found in all of them. Well, to just to, to uh, tackle that one thing, I, I don't think that you have to share things for it to be considered art. And I'm not, not saying that you were committing to any of, that yeah, idea yeah, or not yeah. but i don't think that you have to but th- this co- goes back to that idea of being a gift giver or uh looking at it as a responsibility i think i think it's um i i feel personally that it is a responsibility as an artist to share your art because even if you don't desire any external validation i think that what art can do is is uh connect resonate with someone if they were even if it was just one person in the world if they're able to connect to that i think that that's that's part of kind of giving back to your existence essentially like your your consciousness happens to be here 
and I, I think it's respectable to give back to that opportunity. And especially if you have uh, an ability or a talent as, as uh, someone who expresses yourself artistically, um, I, I would look at it as, as a responsibility to share. But technically, I think if you're just able to do it, I mean, there are probably a billion musicians in the history of time who freaking were com- incredible artists, maybe even uh, more art, art artists uh, or have, uh, I guess, a higher level of artistic integrity than who we think of as the best artists, but maybe their stuff never got out there. And that kind of stinks, honestly, when you think about it, which is why like technology nowadays and the fact that everything is shared. Now, I think maybe <laughs> because everything is shared, maybe the idea of art has been... Uh, or, or what is quality art is less um, uh, sacred, so to speak. But at the same time, like it's cool. Like I'm, I'm not a professional musician, but I can write an album and have it on Spotify for people to listen to across the world. Um, and the, not, not every generation has had that opportunity. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of went off a tangent, but I uh, essentially the the main point was. I don't think that you have to share it to, for it to be considered art. I, I agree with that, too. Cool. I'm, I'm assuming that this next part in the script is the segment based on all the asterisks on here. You got it, baby. So, New uh, segment. <laughs> so why don't, you, uh, why don't you take it from here? All right, folks. Everyone's favorite time in the Everything Must Go podcast world. I literally thought of this one uh, 30 seconds before... It's got to be a good one. It's got to be a good one. This segment is called, How Pissed Are You? And and keep in mind, too, you guys can probably tell from this episode, I'm a little bit sick. uh, So I feel like I'm a little bit more irritable than normal. So I might be a little overreacting to this stuff. (laughs) With how pissed you're going to (laughs) get? Well, you don't even really know what we're going to be talking about. I highly doubt you're going to get pissed. I'm going to get really pissed. I'm already pissed that you just made that comment. (laughs) You're so fucking pissed right now. So the premise of this segment is we're going to take things that uh, have been considered controversial. Since we're talking about artistry, we're going to take pieces of art that have been considered controversial over time. And we're going to see how much it pisses you off. Are you ready, Steven? Yep, I'm already pissed off. So let's do it. So the first one is the book... The Catcher in the Rye is on uh, a banned books list, or it has been. Uh, Catcher in the Rye, for those of you who don't know, it's set in the 1950s, narrated by a young man named Holden Caulfield. Holden is not specific about his location when he's telling the story, but he makes it clear that he's undergoing treatment in a mental hospital or sanatorium. Stephen, how pissed are you about The Catcher in the Rye? You know, I don't know why they would ban this book. It's okay that a, a person who might be a little bit uh, emotional and, and share some uh, uh, opinions, I think that's okay. I don't really know why we would ban I, Banning books in general, it, it's something I think should be frowned upon because reading books is good. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not what I was going to say <laughs> I did it for the sake of comedy. For the sake uh, of comedy, dude. <laughs> no, I just I don't know what the exact reason why they would ban this book, but do you do you know any context by specifically why they're like this book? No. Um, 
probably Holden was being like too pissy about things. We're like, oh, this book isn't happy enough. Well, it's it's funny because uh, this book came out at a time that uh, <laughs> you know people always complain about the political correctness of yeah. uh, today's world, but I think books like these are more accepted. <laughs> Like nowadays to, to, to be, uh, I read it in high school. Um, I think you read it in high school, didn't you? I, I, I didn't even mind. I actually read this book and I didn't even mind this book. That's saying quite a bit. I actually wrote a, so we, we had to do like a book project or whatever for our English class. And I made a movie trailer for the catcher in the rye. That was part of oh, my project. Nice. Is that, is that out there somewhere? <laughs> I think it's like on our home videos. Maybe one day I'll share it. We'll, we'll see. It could be nice. It's really cheesy. But... Oh, really? It's not like an Academy Award winning I mean, film. my acting chops are obviously on display, but. Yeah, uh, I figured. But the, the, the directing, the lighting, the production quality, it's not, not top notch. I figured as much, but what, what do you think about it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I think that, uh, well, you don't sound that pissed. Well, pissed is well. I'm not pissed about the catch and run. I'm, I'm pissed that this would be banned because I do think that part of what makes art awesome is that it might even unlock some of the darkness of what it means to be a person. And I don't even mean darkness in the in the context of negativity. I just think a lot of times we like to clean things up and it, we like to produce it. We like to to have things seem like it's all uh, goody goody. But I think. I think we do a disservice to what it means to be human when you don't allow that expression of our flaws, our darkness, our our inability to sort through things in a healthy, a quote-unquote healthy manner sometimes. Um, and then you grow up thinking that there's this idea of perfection and, and it's really just everything that's been shoved down your throat to believe is perfection. So I, I, I am upset. I'm pissed that this would be banned. There we go. I hear it a little bit now. All right, next one. Emma Solkovich. Sol- I'm butchering that name. I'm already pissed at the pronunciation <laughs> of the name. <laughs> You're so pissed, dude. So uh, her piece of artwork is artwork is called the Mattress Performance. Uh, it's called Mattress Performance. Um, in parentheses, carry that weight. It was done in 2014, 2015. So supposedly, according to this article, it says, still making headlines today, Emma's enduring performance begun in September 2014 as a thesis project involved carrying a 50-pound mattress around with her wherever she went on New York City's Columbia campus where she was, where she was allegedly, wait, where she alleges she was raped by a fellow student in 2012. The artist promised the piece would end only if and when her supposed rapist was expelled from the university. He was not. So Emma carried the mattress on stage during her graduation ceremony to bring the performance to a close in May 2015, not before making a lasting impression on critics and the public alike. Stephen, how pissed are you? Well, if this is a true thing and this person did do this, then put this person in jail, expel, expel them, and put them in jail. I'm pretty pissed. I, mean, I guess wh- I, I want to know more about why this person didn't get expelled, if there wasn't enough evidence or something. Um, but, I mean, it just seems like an obvious case of this is messed up. But what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, this was before the Me Too movement. We talked about that in the Remembering the 2010s episode. 
2017 yeah. was the the rise of the Me Too movement. So we we it, it's well documented that uh, a lot of these allegations or things were either kept shut or not handled properly. Uh, again, we I don't know if that was the case with this. Um, I have to. I guess I don't have to, but uh, the the artist part of me wants to really believe uh, Emma because. Uh, having the the courage to walk around um, with this as a, a piece of protest or as a piece of uh, of serious expression of, of um, disappointment in I guess the society with which she lived in how it, it failed her I think is unbelievably brave and really inspiring honestly and it's I mean, it is disappointing. Uh, again, obviously, this it, assuming that it did happen, it's really disappointing that she didn't get the retribution that she she was hoping for. Um, and she, along with many other people in in the world, have have dealt with that. So I think th- this is what art can do. This is the thing that art can loudly express something that maybe if we just sat and talked about it, it wouldn't be as powerful, but this is like a vivid image of expression. And I, I love it. Yeah, me too. I think it's pretty cool. All right. The next one, this is America by childish Gambino, the song and the music video. Have you, have you seen those? I have. Yep. How pissed are you around the context of this stuff? Uh, not that pissed. I, I mean, unless there's something about it I don't know in terms of like if other people were found some message in there that I had not known about, I didn't find it to be. I mean, I could see people who wouldn't like it, but I don't. I didn't find anything that really got me like heated, like this is awful or something. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think this game can go with other either side. You don't need, necessarily need to be pissed about the art itself, but you can be pissed maybe uh, about whatever that artist is expressing against. So are you, I mean, the, this is America. Um, at least it seems. The, the thing I will mention real quick is I really respect that uh, Donald Glover or AKA Childish Gambino does not talk about what his meaning is. That he allows this this piece of art to be whatever it is to the audience. And so there are a bunch of people that have written articles or, or papers or essays on this with their own interpretation of what it was. But a lot of what it seemed to be is, is a bringing to light of police brutality against obviously the African American community, which has been a big uh, movement with black lives matter and whatnot. Um, And I guess it, it what what pisses me off. Sorry, I'm getting into character there. I <laughs> I'm pissed right now. Anyways, um, I, I am I am pissed because it, it reminds me of that there is a sort of dismissive quality about uh, this movement a lot of times. Like you 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 see it with the Colin Kaepernick kneeling thing. That protest got hijacked. <sighs> And turned into this thing that was against the troops somehow. Yeah. When that's not, it doesn't have anything to fucking do with that. 
and um, and I know I'm I'm probably just regurgitating many other people's opinions on that, but I do find that to be true, and I I think that uh, you would. I guess um, a lot of times it doesn't feel like the progress that you're hoping for in this stuff is being made. Um, and so these artistic renderings of stuff maybe are are more helpful to, I mean, I guess push forward any sort of progress. Maybe it, like it's the thing that people need because it's a catchy song for people to pay attention or something. I mean, it's sad that it would have to come to that. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I'm we. I'm surprised we haven't done this segment sooner. I feel like this is really in our wheelhouse of just being pissed off about things. Dude, we fucking love being pissed. Hundred percent. All right, last one. Kathy Lee Griffin's holding of the fake severed Trump head. Did Did you see that photo? I have not. I'll look it up though. What do you think about it? Um, well, I'll say first off, a lot of people... So the argument that goes back and forth on this is she's a comedian, she was trying to do something funny, but it missed the mark because it wasn't funny. Um, and so people are offended by it. You know, we talked about this. It's like, is it offensive? Well, it depends on how funny it is <laughs> a lot of times. Like people, yeah. like uh, Chappelle, <laughs> I think he's hilarious, but he says a lot of things that, I mean, obviously a lot of people think are very offensive. He gets a lot of flack for. Uh, but is there that that uh, double standard where it's like, well, you just don't think that this one guy was offensive with it or this one girl was offensive with it because their thing was funnier, but they're really saying the same thing. Um, I... Uh, it's, I didn't know about this, honestly. Like, this is actually pretty interesting. She got fired from CNN for this. I live under a rock. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess uh, I'm all for artist expression. It just stinks that this one missed the mark. I guess I don't know. I I don't I don't think it's in best practice to <laughs> when you, when you have a president. Uh, <laughs> To hold up their severed, fake severed head of them. Um, this is a while ago, too. This is like in 2017. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like right when he got inaugurated, I feel like. Yeah, this is bad. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Cause I, I'm torn on it because it's just like it, it's, a, it's a specific expression, but at the same time, it's the president. And it... Am I right to be like, uh, you missed the mark on this when she was trying to express something specifically? Well, okay. So here's my here's my thought without going on too much of like a, a rant or a tangent about it. If this was a – like if someone just posted a, a mock creation of like any celebrity, like all of their family being murdered, like it was just like, I don't know. Think of any celebrity and it's just a picture of all of them murdered with like knives in their head and blood all over the place i kind of feel like that's in poor taste like no matter what it is it's not really like it's it's just kind of a messed up thing like i'm not sure that that's okay <laughs> at least to me it just it, even if there's a component of funniness to it 
Well, it's you, just it just seems in poor taste. Well, well, even if it's not funny. So, so what do you find to be in poor taste about that? Just the the idea of violence, or a, yeah, that's the thing. Is like I don't know. I mean, it, it makes me think of what bothers me specifically about it. Do I just have an issue with just sheer violence? I don't know. Do I think that someone's career should be ruined over this? No. I think it's I think it's just kind of dumb and not funny. I don't know why people are allowing it to get to this point, but at the same time like it it just seems dumb like I don't know. This is this is admittedly a really tough one to tackle because it does bother me to think that there could be no line and people would just do absolutely whatever, but I don't I can't like pinpoint exactly what bothers me about it. Do you, if someone did this with your head, would that impact you differently? Like, let's say that you were a big figure or something, and people were protesting who you were or what you stood for, whatever. Do you think that you would find it in poor taste? I mean, it would scare me, I guess, a little bit to be like, are they actually going to do that to me? <laughs> but uh, I think if it was executed well, like, like if it was just like a, a joke made... I think it could be okay. I guess I'd have to know a little bit more of the execution behind her doing this, but I could see a situation where I would not like it. The more I talk about it, the more I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> to be yeah, honest. I don't. I, 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 and that's the thing too is the more I think about it, I'm like, I mean, it, it really, it doesn't really matter. Like, there's nothing here that really affects anything, as long as no one's actually being threatened. No. Yeah, there's nothing literally happening to try. It 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 is a, it's her choice of an artist. I I mean I get the idea of like supporting, you know, our nation and and the president and stuff. But it's also like part of me is like yeah, but so we're going to shut people's ability to express themselves out. I, I guess I don't know where the line is. Maybe maybe part of me is struggling with finding offense to it or finding poor taste to it because I feel like that's a uh, a shackle to f- that freedom that that yeah. free expression and she's not she's not literally uh, it, it, there's a message behind it there, there's not a literal uh, aggression through it um i don't know i i i've decided i don't fucking give a shit <laughs> I, I don't that's fair uh any more on this list that's it that thing oh. was how pissed are you? Thanks, folks. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually think more about that last one because that that's an that's an interesting one for sure. Cool. Okay, last couple points here before we uh, tell you all about what's happening for the uh, holidays. Um, how do people become artists? Uh, well, I guess to to go back to what an artist is, I think you become an artist. When you start to create something, um, you know, you might have the capacity to be artistic or creative, but until you actually take on that act of of making something out of it, um, I don't know that, I guess, technically you can consider yourself an artist. You have maybe the capacity to, like I said, but you're not actually there. That's what I would say. Yeah, I would say take your expressions and turn it into something tangible i had a big realization about this uh when i was 19 when i had realized that if i died at any moment 
I didn't really like put much of my art into the world, and that kind of bothered me. I was like, if I really like, I would leave behind the memories, but there wouldn't be anything that would live on past me. Like there wouldn't be much. So I would say if someone was going to become an artist, just think about the idea of maybe something a little bit more tangible, like channeling your your message or your expression into something that someone else could could receive that message with. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you a follow up question. So I, I've I've heard this a lot as a musician because a lot of people argue this. Do you think there's any legitimacy to the idea that only tortured souls are true artists? No, I think this comes back to only or that tortured souls tend to have more interesting art on average. I think that is more it, and I think a lot of them tend to gravitate towards um, art than maybe someone who's less tortured. Well, let me ask you what. So, why do you think that their art might be more interesting? Just because what they're pulling from is more there's more like tension built, or I I, I think it's similar to like we all like a good story. Like in general, people like a really good story, and if your life um, is a good story, and usually that's what comes as a part of being a tortured soul. I think that that just kind of translate what translates well. Gotcha. Why do you feel differently? Um, hmm. I guess I feel like if you're able to tap into something. Well, first off, I, I do think it's all about, you know, the idea of tortured. It can be subjective because there, there could be like, you know, you were um, molested as a child and, and you, you grew up with an inability to decipher what was okay in, in your connection with other people and your relationships and whatnot. And so you're tortured in that sense, but there could also be a person that comes from a technically good family, but a family that like a lot of, um, cultures pressure you into a specific career path. And because you're pressured in that career path, I mean, this could be go back to your thing. Like not that you were necessarily pressured into anything. Maybe you feel like you were, but the idea of, you thought that you should be doing this one thing because that's how you grew up or whatever. There's a certain tortured aspect because you're not allowed to express yourself, uh, you know, fully, um, honestly, authentically until you find that within yourself. Um, I guess. So there, there is a difference in how you define tortured, but I think there's also people that are, are super empathetic and they can come from a, a place that maybe wasn't, they don't consider as tortured, but they're able to tap into some sort of perspective or ability to capture emotion that might even seem like they were tortured or um, like, like songwriters. A lot of times I think can, can do that. I think actors can do that. Uh, They don't necessarily have to come from something dark, but, uh, and they can still create something of a high quality in my opinion. So to kind of uh, wrap everything up here, where would you like to see your artistry go in the future? Why don't you answer this one first? Because I've been answering a lot of them first. What do you think? Uh, I think for me, I would like to continuously expand upon what I'm doing. For example, I used to just make 
um, you know, I, I used to act in videos with my friends, and then I did a little bit of writing poetry and writing some short stories. And then in college, I wrote uh, like a really short screenplay that was like 15 pages maybe. So that was a little bit different. And then I moved to Chicago, and I did more comedy stuff where um, I did a stand-up comedy and hosted a comedy show and did improv comedy. I think in the future, I'd like to just expand into some things. Brandon and I talked about having me do something with music. I think that that would be a cool uh, way to branch out and try something new. Uh, I pretty much never want to be content with where I'm at. And as soon as I see new art forms, I want to try to find a way to incorporate it. Because as I've said, I I think the vast majority of my inspiration uh, artistically has probably come more towards music than anything else. Um, Despite the fact I've said I've always wanted to be a TV personality, I think music has played a big role in a lot of um, my artistic ideas. And uh, I just never want to stop expanding into things that make me really uncomfortable because I was super uncomfortable doing improv comedy, but I think it was one of the most important things I ever did because it was through that discomfort that I realized that I liked being uncomfortable because once I conquered that, I felt better about myself and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to do things that I'm not so, uh, or because they're not so scary after all. So yeah, what about you? So the first thing I think about is I, for any of you that watch the show Hot Ones, it's essentially a, a show where uh, Sean Evans is the host and he brings on guests and they eat uh, eight to ten, I can't remember what the actual number is, uh, hot chicken wings or sometimes vegan wings, whatever. The point is they eat these wings and it, 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 it slowly but surely gets hotter and hotter and hotter and uh, Sean Evans, the host, will ask these guests questions. So there's just, there, it's a different stakes. But there was a, an episode with Pete Holmes who's a comedian also he was an actor in in his own show called um um it was on hbo i forgot what the name is but i loved it and uh, he talked about how when he writes a joke he like he likes to let that joke be whatever medium it belongs in so if that's a stand-up joke he want he doesn't want to try to force it into a skit if it's if it feels like it should be a skit, he doesn't want to try to force it into a screenplay, um, and, and so on and so forth. So, in, in in terms of going forward, to I want to do a similar thing to Stephen. Is I feel like I have a lot of ideas that are in different mediums than something that I've worked on in the past. So a lot of my art has been funneled into music, and I've used that medium to express myself, um, which I want to keep doing, and I want to. Uh, you know, I have plans to write a new album. I've already been working on it and, and, um, and other stuff, but I also want to do, uh, I've been, I've written a screenplay or started to write a screenplay. I've started to write a, a book. I, you know, I've I thought of different skit ideas. Um, and Steven and I have talked about different skit ideas. Um, even thinking about like different, uh, possible series that Steven and I could do when I am in Chicago, uh, you know, whatever our collective thing is. But the biggest thing, excuse me, the biggest thing for me, I think, is developing the discipline to finish a lot of my artistic endeavors. Because a lot of times I get really excited by the creative idea of it, um, but it takes a little bit more to formulate it and and come up with a finished product. And a lot of time there, there also is a, a perfectionist quality about 
myself where I like I want it to be done exactly right. So sometimes I wait till I'm in the perfect headspace. But I don't want to die feeling like I didn't do all of the artistic things that I could have done or I didn't I didn't give that creativity a chance to flourish. So I really want to work on on those two things. Letting things be what they're meant to be or whatever I feel like they're meant to be in whatever medium they are, but also finishing things. That's it. Let's do it, dude. Let's fucking do it, bro. Let's do it. Um anything else before we uh we head out? No, man. No. I hope you I hope you're feeling better. <laughs> do I sound pretty sick still? You do sound sick, yeah. There's been some sniffles here and there. I feel like you've been better with sniffles in the podcast. Maybe I'm just not paying attention to it as much. But <laughs> You're going to go to edit it and be like, oh, great. I'll be like, dude, we can't use this I audio. hope not. <laughs> I hope not, but, yeah. you know, I think this was uh, – I, th- I think this topic actually worked pretty well for me to talk about because it's a little more serious, and I feel like I was more in a serious mood. You were pissed the whole episode. I was pretty pissed the whole time. I honestly, when I'm not feeling well, I usually am like very irritable, and uh, yeah. I mean, I've been having a lot of deep thoughts though, the last couple of days. So, you're just hopefully a deep, they got out. You're a deep guy. I'm a deep guy. I'm an artistic guy, as I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next week is our first annual Christmas episode. We did a uh, we did one last year. So we're doing uh, another one. People were sleeping on it. Go back, listen to the episode. Everyone's sleeping on it. It's a solid episode. Listen really closely because underneath the conversation, you'll hear something just kind of chiming. It's a great Easter egg to the people who really, really appreciate the show. Should we should we do that again this year? You think? I think we should 100. percent Maybe even maybe even better. We're going to do it better this year. I do think I need to bring up the volume on it this year. Last year, it might have been too quiet. Maybe I should just... <laughs> I'll drown it's out so, our voices so you only yeah, hear the music. I can just imagine I hear the first edit, and I'm like, Brandon, this is a joke, right? I can't even hear what we're saying. I'm just like, dude, come you on. Let's one release this words. for the sake of comedy, man. You use one that has lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and it just messes with... <laughs> Or no, because you can't be serious right now, Brad. I plan on doing uh, a cover of "Last Christmas" by Wham. I just have that play over and over again on full volume. <laughs> what do you think? Great. I think I think it's a good idea. I think it's it? good optics. Good optics. Too. All right. Awesome. But yeah, that's our plan. If you if you like this episode. Please let us know. Send us an email, emgpod at gmail.com. You can comment on Instagram or Twitter at emgpod. Or come to our YouTube channel. Watch this uh, this video on YouTube. Subscribe and leave a comment below. We, we, we respond to all those comments, so uh, be sure to, to, to drop one. Um, you can give us a call even if you'd like. 513-427-EMG5. For any of you guys want to like call in and sing Jingle Bells or something, maybe... Do it. If I you, love that idea. If you call in and sing Jingle Bells, we'll have that be the music that's playing beneath our conversation. Um, uh, well, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, otherwise, if uh, you guys don't follow Stephen or I, uh, you can follow me at Brandon J. Flippin, Instagram, Twitter, uh, or YouTube, and uh, Stephen is at Stephen Russell B. Thanks again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Take it easy. I'm holding on to-